Hello, welcome back. I'm Ben Shaw, and you're listening to Out the Gate, the podcast about sailing and adventure on and around San Francisco Bay. And today we're catching up with Chris and Marissa Neely, who I first spoke to on the podcast about two years ago. First sponsorship of the show comes from Shearwater Sailing, a sailing charter business run out of Monterey by Kevin Wasbauer. Kevin's flagship vessel, Atalanta, is a beautiful, fully equipped FAR 53, and a sail on Atalanta would make an excellent gift for the sailor in your family, or maybe you want to treat yourself to a sailing adventure on Monterey Bay or offshore. You can find more info and contact Kevin at shearwatersailing.net. That's shearwatersailing.net. Having sailed with Kevin, I highly recommend it. Two years ago, when I talked to Chris and Marissa, they were living aboard their Choi Lee 41 Avocet in Ventura, California, living on her and working on her, getting her ready for cruising. This time when we talked, I joined them aboard their beautiful boat because they've thrown off the dock lines and are officially cruising. Their first stop, San Francisco Bay. Chris grew up sailing here on the bay, and they were both very excited to be back here aboard their own boat. Together, Chris and Marissa have done a a lot of fantastic work on Avocet and documented much of it through YouTube videos and articles in Cruising World, Latitude 38, Good Old Boat, and I'm sure some other sailing magazines. Currently, Avocet's in Morro Bay, where Chris and Marissa are spending the holidays, and come the new year... They'll be headed south, crossing the southern border into Mexican waters. It was a real pleasure to spend the morning aboard with them, hearing about their cruising plans, both short and long term. So here we go. All right. Well, we're jumping back into this after a two-year hiatus. I am thrilled to have Marissa and Chris. I'm thrilled to be aboard your boat. Why don't you um, start off by just telling listeners where we are? We are anchored in Richardson's Bay, right outside of Sausalito. It is a little overcast outside, but beautiful nonetheless. So we're very excited to be here. I'm excited to be on board and to actually see in person all the amazing things you've done to this boat. How long have you owned Avocet? We've had her for four years now. We bought her in 2018. Wow. And it's been four years of sailing a little bit but mostly work yeah it's just been it's been a good process it's been good to look back on it and now that we are reaping the benefits of it it's there's nothing i would have rather do you know differently because i'm glad that we're not working on our boat constantly while we're trying to cruise it's it's a good balance but the work has paid off work has paid off for sure i know that struggle honestly because i've told myself hello kitty um, that's not what I told Clea's myself. Try to say hi. Yeah. Hey, do you have something to say? She likes to be a part of everything. Okay. So good. We can get some purring here in the podcast. Um, I have told myself, okay, I am just going to focus on working and not sailing. But I, with September here in the Bay, I'm itching so badly to get out there. So I'm putting the sails back on anyway, but you're here We're in San here. Francisco. Was this your first ocean passage on the boat? 
it was our first multi-day passage. We have done passages, day passages pretty much, just from Ventura to Catalina and mm-hmm. things like that. But we had never gone beyond Catalina and never gone beyond Santa Barbara. So that was a really big moment for us is when we kept going. It was kind of surreal to see Santa Barbara and the familiarity of Southern California shrink behind us mm-hmm. and sail into this big unknown. We knew Definitely. where we were going, but... Especially the day we did it, we, we actually chose to go all the way up to San Francisco because we had a really great weather window. They had a southern wind basically from conception all the way to San Francisco. I mean, it was... It Don't was say a, that too loudly. Everybody's going <laughs> to curse you. Well, it was it was glorious, but it also was kind of... It was also a weather pattern by, by means that there was a lot of rain and temperamental, like, thunderstorms and stuff like that. So okay. we did have some southern wind, but as we were leaving Santa Barbara, it was just... Going towards Conception was just this dark cloud of, you know, yeah, unknown. It, it rang it true. Was... It was red skies that morning the day we left. And mm-hmm. it was beautiful red skies with rainbows. And we were determined to find what was at the end of the rainbow because it was right off our bow. And spoiler alert, it was rain. But it was kind of refreshing for us because in Southern California, particularly where we were, we didn't have a lot of rain. So it was the first time the rig had been washed in a very <laughs> long time. And yeah, all of the dirt and things from Ventura Harbor just like coming off of it and washing into the, nice. into the sea. Nice. So. intro into, you know, Northern California. We got rid of the sunshine and got into the overcast and cloudy and rain. Yeah. So we just hadn't had that yet. Yeah, so we so bad, tell, tell me about um, choosing that weather window. Do you, were you watching for a long time? Was this something that you had said, okay, we want to go up to San Francisco. We don't know exactly when we're going to go. We wanted to go north. Uh, we really just wanted to get to, to Monterey Bay, Marissa's okay. Santa Cruz. So we really wanted to get to that point. Yeah. Um, so as soon as we had a quote-unquote cast-off date, we were really scouring the weather reports pretty much every day. Mm-hmm. And we, I mean, we've been around Conception before on our on my mom's boat, but we were headed down the coast. Right. I remember and, well, you had done that just before we talked last yeah. time two yeah. years ago. Yeah. And and we had a really great, I mean, experience that we didn't have. It basically was a lake when we were around it. We were motoring, but it was a lake. And so we wanted to somewhat, you know, replay that again by not getting our asses kicked by going around Conception. So, yeah, we were trying to find a good weather window. And it really happened quick because we had the cast off date. And then basically the next day it was like, all right, we've got our weather window. Like, let's go. There was a cyclonic system up the coast, further up the coast from us and offshore. Um, So that brought the southerly winds and we were watching that. We're like, okay, is this it? And then everything happened so fast. We're like, okay, we think we're going to leave around this time. And then the weather window came in. Mostly prepared too, because literally the day that we left Ventura, I was, the boat was blown apart and Mm -hmm. I was installing a water maker. So, and it still isn't done yet too. So (laughs) like it was definitely, um, you know, know this is our moment. Let's go. (laughs) I think that was good too, because it's really hard to leave, especially when we had, somewhat of roots in Ventura we had a lot of friends there I I worked there um so it was it was really emotional I we cried pretty much the entire way out of the breakwater Mm. as Mitch and Quincy chased behind us on their dinghy and we had other friends who were doing a regatta and they left the regatta to come say hi to us and see us off so it was yeah throwing off the dock lines is can be the hardest part yeah Uh, yeah the weather window was a good push that. that was like the the sink or swim moment where it's like, all right, it's time to go. Let's go. So. Yeah. Yeah. The plan was to go to Monterey. Did you stop in Monterey? You did, or did not. You did not because no. you had such a good weather window. We had such a good weather window. Um, I think there was a part of it too. We, I kind of knew that these these weather windows didn't happen all that much. So even as soon as we were running Conception, 
basically conception by the time we got there the wind died so okay. we started motoring and about 10 hours into motoring i went downstairs and i could smell fuel and i was like that's not good so i opened up the, the floorboards where our engine's at and uh there was about a gallon and a half of fuel just floating underneath because we have a big Ooh. tray underneath the engine but there was an apparent leak and so that was an issue i found where it was coming from it was coming from an injector line and in- that was a day later though chris gave himself borderline diesel poisoning after trying to fix it, fix it. Yeah. in the while swell the while the engine was running with no wind to help ventilate things so did you he just was not were you it. seasick at that point i was trying to fix it and i was i was to the point where literally i was like opening injector lines to the point where i could see like fuel um, fuel spurting out yeah. and like a couple of those times it would just spray me in the face which isn't great anyways i was trying to go back together and like yeah by the time i had diesel all sure. over me i was out of the you know floorboards and back outside but i was not feeling great so yeah. Yeah. So anyways, we I kind of wanted to stop in uh, Moss Landing because I wanted to address this issue on our on our engine and get rid of the massive amounts of, you know, diesel rags we had everywhere. But um, by the time we got to Moss Landing, we actually kicked off the engine again to sail a little bit. And in the middle of sailing, I was able to go down there and fix the issue. Chris had an of, epiphany. It yeah, was the fresh air. So <laughs> Yeah, that up, does help. You can think fix. a little more clearly. What did you... No, so it was the injector line to the injector that it was, was issued? right off the high-pressure pump okay. going to one of the injectors. Got it. I had retaken everything apart right before we left and put it all back together, and yeah. I it was improper installation. I didn't oh. seat this thing properly. Okay. So all it was is physically taking these things back off and reseating it better, it. and it worked. Um, so that was great. And by the time... So at that moment, like the engine was running really well. And we still had really great, great seas, good wind. And I was like, let's just keep going. So we just kept going. And that's like, so we, and we kind of checked in every single time we got to Moss Landing, San Simeon, you know, Santa Cruz. And like every time we're like, you want to stop? And we're like, nah, let's keep going. Cause yeah, anytime there was a good point to stop, we would have that discussion. And mind you, like Chris and I were still yeah. pretty much on a watch schedule. So it was three hours on. It was three just hours the off. two of you. It was yeah. just the two of us. Mm-hmm. So during the, night, sure. during the night, it was like being in a weird limbo because it's like, you're on a small enough boat with your significant other and like you can't escape them, but yet you don't see them and you don't. Right. It, it's really There's weird. not overlap. It's you, really weird. It's really, it's, well, you're not solo sailing, but it's as close as you can yeah. get. Pretty much. Yeah. And just having the reassurance of here. extra hands. Yeah. And Cleo, yeah. Cleo joined us in the cockpit. For I'm sure she does a great watches. job on watch. She pulled a couple Her night watches. vision must be quite good, but I don't know if she can alert you. If <laughs> I don't know. A, she a got ship. scared by some dolphins that were off her bow. So that was pretty funny. <laughs> and how long did the whole passage take you guys? Two days and seven hours. Okay. The time we left and put a hook down in, um, in Treasure Island. So. Nice. And yeah. you found a nice, quiet anchorage there in Clipper Cove. It was awesome. And yeah. stayed a little bit to, <laughs> to recover. Yeah. We stayed longer than we anticipated. Um, we forgot how nice Clipper Cove is and how yeah. much it's just like a lake. It's like you're still at the dock because yeah. there's no movement. It's so easy to beach the dinghy. And with the brand new ferry system out of there, you can get to yes. the city for $20 for two people round trip. Yeah. It was great. So it's like, yeah. oh, we can just stay awesome. a little longer. We also caught the washed up yacht club raft up up and got to reconnect with some old friends um and meet some new ones so it was it was pretty cool it's a great intro back to the bay yeah yeah so you guys spent time here i did um yeah yeah, i I grew up sailing in from berkeley i should say on my mom's mason and that's the boat we brought down the coast so yeah from age zero to 20 i think we were sailing in the bay pretty much every right. month, which is great. You know so it. I knew of Treasure Island, not even so much on the Mason, but from my brother because they spent time here as well. And that's when we got more into anchoring and stuff like that. So yeah. 
but yeah, definitely Angel Island, um, Horseshoe Cove, stuff like that. I, I knew of, and I, I, it's a whole different experience doing it on your own boat. So yeah, talk a little bit about that. What's it been like to come back? To bring your own boat that you worked on, you've done so much, to come back to an area you're familiar with, but in a completely different way. We were just talking about this yesterday while we were walking in Sausalito, because when we were first looking at boats in 2018, we were about to buy a derelict boat from Sausalito, which was, I'm not kidding, it was covered in tar on the inside, and Chris was like, we can fix this. And I'm sure we could have, but it would have been a different experience. So we were talking about how different it would have been had we gone that path, but um, in you know, in retrospect, we have Avocet now, and it's been great to bring her back here and kind of reflect on what could have been, what was, and what's going to be, and also just see our boat in all these places yeah. that we've we've explored as kids on other boats. So, in a lot of ways too, it's I mean, we had a really awesome moment coming through the Golden Gate, wing on wing, and then just sailing past like Alcatraz, and then past the San Francisco city like we had a really great moment and i was like god this is so amazing like why did we ever leave sort of <laughs> and then we get in so we stopped in emeryville to get some diesel and on the way back out of emeryville it's just like winds right on your nose you have like four to six foot chop and it's just like breaking over the bow and it's, it's cold cold and it's like okay this is the bay <laughs> <laughs> this is what we this remember, what remember. Yeah, all you need to do to remind yourself yeah. is turn up wind <laughs> exactly so but That's in funny. a lot of ways too it's it's i'm really glad we've have ta- I'm really glad we have been in where we've been at with Avocet to start like our cruising yeah. adventures in, in the Santa Cruz Island area because that's a really good taste, I would say, more than the bay for what cruising is like for on anchoring statuses. You have swell, you have really odd sometimes weather patterns that come in and kind of rock you to your core. Um, the bay is great, but it is so reliable in that you yeah. have Consistent. wind from this direction. It's pretty much always a lot. And you kind of know what to expect. So, yeah. and you know, apart from all the, there's a lot of boats in this bay. Like that's something that's new for us. I would say is that we're not used to this much. Traffic. Yeah, the traffic and actually, since since we've chatted last, I became a captain, so I have my captain's license, and I haven't had the opportunity to really use that knowledge just because, you know, ocean sailing unless you're doing deliveries, it yeah. doesn't really apply. Um, we have a float plane going over us. Right oh now. yeah, the 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 Sausalito yellow float plane. Wait for it. There we go. So anyways, <laughs> um, yeah, so it's been it's been really nice to apply everything I learned from my captain's courses to, you know, the traffic separation schemes here in the bay, all of the different navigation markers. Like I, there was one point coming into Emeryville where some of those um, navigation marks are really, really old and worn out and the colors aren't even there like the, there's oh, not really? even red and green anymore no like, I, I was on a binoculars i'm like i literally can't I, you I have to look for whether they're square or triangle exactly and, yeah. and if they're numbered so i told chris i pulled that one out and i'm like this is what this means we're fine just keep going i'm like screw this i don't know because <laughs> i know it's such a narrow passageway if you mess up you're like going aground so yeah. yeah yeah so i mean things like that have been really cool to to just have in contrast to the sailing that we were used to doing down in southern california so it's it's different but it's fun challenge yourself exactly in new ways yeah that's like, cool yeah and the other thing about having your own boat here too it's we're really comfortable on this boat obviously mm-hmm. like sailing it and anchoring it but it's it's really fun to like not worry about swell and not worry about like you can basically Leave the ink, you know, leave your anchorage or your harbor in the bay and just expect a great day on the water, usually. Um, reef, obviously. But 
but yeah, it's been really fun to be on this boat because it's not like the boat I grew up on in the way she sails. This boat doesn't heal even slightly close to like what a mason heels like. So we can still carry like basically all our canvas and not be on our ear the whole time, which is nice. So where else have you hit? You went to Clipper Cove. We're here in Richardson. Where else in the bay? Right before we got here, we were at Angel Island, and I've never been there before. And mm. it was it was really cool. It was actually, it felt really similar to Santa Cruz Island in mm. terms of the history that was there and all of the old buildings and just the general vibe. We got to take our mountain bikes out, oh, which nice. was a lot of fun. Yeah, um, it's a great mountain biking spot. I was just... Um, camping there for a night with my girls and um early in the morning there were some mountain bikers doing the trails nice did you hear the coyotes we heard something that may have been coyotes but i had to convince my daughters that they were just dogs (laughs) (laughs) are there coyotes on angel island oh yeah we heard them that was it was kind of scary actually we were just talking about ghosts because apparently angel island is very haunted and we had met some friends and we were talking about oh and we were on the shore watching sunset we're like oh yeah we would love to go ghost hunting like that'd be really cool and right as we said that howling in the hills (laughs) we're like all right time to go to bed good night see you guys We're, we're done but um, Back to the safety of Avocet. Yeah, basically. But it was really cool. It was such a neat spot. And there's deer there. I was very skeptical. Very, very skeptical. But we saw some. And Marissa, first thing we did on the island, I'm like, so there's deer here and there's this. And then she's like, wait, there's deer here? I'm like, yes, there's a lot of deer on How the island. How did they get there? And the whole day, we actually went a whole day without seeing a single one. And she, she didn't believe me until like the second day. I'm like, there it is. Like, there's a deer. There's one, and, there's two, uh, there's three. And then we saw like 10 deer that day. But yeah, no, Angel Island's great. We we stayed in Ayala Cove. Ayala? Yeah, I think that's Ayala Cove. Ayala. Sorry. Stayed in Ayala Cove and uh, obviously on a mooring, which is, is fine. Um, I'd rather be on an anchor. But 30 bucks a day and you get the security being on mooring, which is great. And the dinghy dock was great. And the dinghy dock is great. And we actually, right before we left, we, <laughs> I don't know if they totally allowed us to do this, but we did it. We, wrapped we asked it permission. They we, said yes. We asked for permission from someone that maybe didn't know we were asking but we went up to the dock and just filled over water which was nice because they had water on the dock so um so yeah like i think the biggest thing i love about this period of being in the bay versus when i was a kid is that we're cruising now and it's it's cool to see how easy it is to cruise in the bay when it comes to getting laundry and getting food and getting diesel you know water all those kind of things it's like you can go here and here and here and there's a lot of spaces that are still free like treasure island's free but there are a lot that have changed also. Like I've been talking to my brother because he's obviously spent time here and especially anchoring. Jack London Square apparently used to have like a free dock that you can go and tie up to for 48 hours. And we called the people and they were like, that's no such thing. You can't do that. And I'm like, okay. So, but anyways, there's, there's things that are changing. I even kind of think we haven't been there yet to aquatic park, but online it says you have to pay $10 a day. I'm not sure, but I talked to other people and they're like, don't worry about it. So I don't know. Yeah. You can go check with the uh, park service there, right on high street pier okay i don't know what it is either it is a totally different experience if you have a slip you have a place to go home to but you're cruising now mm-hmm. so you get to explore it in a completely different way yeah and there's something really special about that and to, uh, i always found you get a different perspective coming to shore as opposed to coming from shore to the boat sure yeah yeah it's it's different it's we're still kind of getting used to that actually like not having a doc to call home mm-hmm. it's been, More than two weeks. it's only been two weeks it has but i mean now you said you left your balance. job did you leave your slip are you guys cruising now we are cruising yeah. 
Wow. We're done. Okay. Yeah. It was, that's why it was an emotional day. Yeah. We said goodbye. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We turned in our keys. Um, I actually stopped working because I was the business manager at the marina for three years. Wow. And I had quit earlier on, but stayed on to help train and, you know, help fill in the gaps here and there because I really did like that job. It was a great spot to be and a great team. And it was really hard. But um, we wanted to go cruising and Chris needed extra help when it came to finishing up boat projects. So I sure. left that earlier, but still had a good connection with the office. So yeah. still do. Yeah, still do. So it was it was tough to just kind of like cut it all and, and cast off and see it shrink behind us. Well, I understand you're going to turn around and start heading south from here. So you'll probably stop on your way back. We're hoping, if not in Ventura Harbor, it would be Channel Islands Harbor, which is where we originally started out when we bought Avocet. Um, why? I think we're definitely stopping in Ventura. Okay, <laughs> we're stopping in Ventura. I mean, you've got just a few friends there, yeah. right? What, not handful. only to say hi to our awesome <laughs> friends, but not. And one thing I've learned is that it is astronomically more expensive just in total, like groceries and gas and everything in the Bay versus in Ventura. Like, Ventura is a little nugget when it comes to like being affordable so. mm. and bikeable you can bike bikeable. everywhere in ventura and you can here too but i mean you know it's, it's a jaunt is there any danger of you guys getting stuck are you no 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 i don't know we want to be in mexico so bad i think this if anything it's it's been really great to be in the bay but the first week was blissful i was like i could stay here for a while and now because it was sunny it was sunny but yeah carl has returned <laughs> carl returned and was very brutal we saw him kind of pouring and hugging the golden gate and we're like oh wow that's beautiful until it hovered yeah. above us and our solar is suffering no even up here in salsalito yesterday i i put my daughter in the car I'm like all right we're gonna go find the sun but no it was cold yesterday yeah. in, in salsalito yeah so yeah i we're definitely excited to get to mexico for Warm. lots of reasons other than warmth, uh, yeah, it's cheaper down there. Tacos. Great. Tacos. Are there any jobs that you've left until Mexico because you know it's cheaper? Or jobs on the boat? On the boat, yeah. Yeah. Um, there are a couple that are on my radar. I haven't necessarily – I don't know if we're going to get to it. Let me just explain to you our, our cruising plans a yeah, little bit. Yeah, do that. Um, we're going to be going uh, across the border after the holidays. So co coming January, early January, we're going – to Ensenada, and then we're going to spend about a month and a half on Baja, which is going to be fun. And we just kind of made the boat ready for that. It means that we have a water maker now. Uh, we didn't have Almost. That. Well, we have it. It's on board. I just haven't completely installed it. <laughs> what is it? It's a rain man. Okay. Yeah. Yep. So we have that now, and we have a lot of solar. So basically, we can spend about a month and a half because b before we were limited to, to about two weeks with our water supply. So anyways, we're going to do that. Um, there's a lot of really remote places that people don't always go to, especially with like the Baja, ha, you just blow down the coast and you miss most of Baja. So we'll do that as soon as we get to Cabo. We're not going to spend tons of time there because Cabo is Cabo, which it's kind of a madhouse. So we're going to probably go immediately to mainland and then spend a chunk of time on mainland before heading up into the Sea of Cortez to actually leave the boat because we're going to come back to the States for the summertime for me to get back to work. Marissa can work remotely, but camera operating doesn't do that remote so yeah i'm gonna come back to the states work for the summer and then we'll return to the boat and either stay another season in mexico or we have aspirations to really want to do central america so we'll see but um as far as jobs go i know that we need to do a bottom job and we'll do that when we get down there and then there's a couple other things, but I don't necessarily want to jinx it because they're not broken yet. But if they do break, then <laughs> Got it. yeah, then we'll be in a good spot to fix it. There's a couple uh, metal things like stainless work or aluminum work. Uh, we don't have um, mast pulpits or sissy bars, mm -hmm. and I I really want those, and I wanted them before we left. But 
I know that we can get affordable metalwork done in Mexico, especially even an arch too. I'm not turn off the idea of that. So there's a couple of metal things for sure. Um, hopefully the engine survives. <laughs> I didn't want to jinx it. He's he's going right for it. Well, we have an old Perkins for one. He's is, he's been the one with his head down. Yeah, he's going that. right for it's it. It's a right. great engine and it's super reliable, but it's an old engine at the end of the day. So yeah. we'll, we'll see how the first year of cruising goes, and if yeah. you know if we want to change it up, we'll change it up. But we'll see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Other than that, yeah. That's exciting. So, so you'll be down there. You want to get far enough north to leave the boat? Is that the idea in the summer? And yep. So San Carlos or Guaymas or something like that. And yeah. so then your work, you, you do camera work, mm -hmm. video shoots. Is yeah. that project by project? How's that it's work? It's all project by project. Yeah. So I had to do the unfortunate thing when we left is telling all my producers that I'm leaving. Yeah. So um, hope it's kind of an unknown, honestly, of whether or not when I get back, if my spot, I mean, I definitely know my spot has, has been taken currently, but. I don't know when I return if people are going to want to work with me again. I'm hoping that is the case. Um, if it is, then I'll get back into the groove of doing project by project, which is it's it's very um, it's very inconsistent. So like one week I'll be getting a lot of work, and the next week I'll get none, or it's a monthly thing too. So and there's a lot of travel with that. It's like you need to be here by this time, and you fly out and totally and that's like kind of the best thing about it too is that i can be wherever i want to be in california and i'm not even turned off the idea of doing it in mexico if i can leave the boat somewhere safe yeah but a lot of these jobs are um flying out for like basis so um i was just in uh idaho and yeah i'm sorry wyoming and then before that i was just in seattle so i cruise around a lot flying well and you'll keep your hand in it from shooting for you for your guys youtube <laughs> It's stuff. like a completely different caliber, but yeah. <laughs> well, I hope, I hope to turn the ties a little bit though, because I now having not working at all, I usually like to give context. Uh, I would do a video shoot, or I'd be working a whole month, and like Marissa, I would get home to the boat, and Marissa's like, "I want to shoot this," and I'm like, "I don't, don't want to shoot," yeah, exactly. <laughs> or I don't want to edit is more the thing, because yeah, Chris, yeah. Chris is a camera operator. He's really good and very talented with finding good shots and kind of stringing together story. But it's the editing that's so tedious. I mean, you know from editing podcasts, yeah. it's yeah, well, it's a beast. Yeah, and that's just a fraction of. I've just got the soundtrack. You've got the sound and the. You have video. to make the sound match the word or match the scene and like all of this mm -hmm. stuff and the music. Oh my God! Don't get us started on the music. That's, music mm -hmm. takes a long time. Yeah, if there's any musicians out there that want to float us some great tunes, feel free. Like we'd be happy to use them. But yeah, so it's just this whole <laughs> thing, and we ju actually just uploaded a YouTube video yesterday, and it you know it's fine. But what? Let's plug it. Where do people find it? <laughs> Sailing Avocet on YouTube. There the latest go. video is about our race boat Geronimo that we raced at the High Sierra Regatta. Oh, I saw some pictures from that. Yeah. It looks yeah. like fun. It was a lot of fun. It, The video, you know, it's just a cute little video to capture, you know, the fun time we had. It's nothing special, but it is to us. So, And that's basically what our YouTube channel has been until now. We're hoping to do more documentary style videos where we interview more people and get some more color on where we are and what we're doing and you know I details i can spend more time doing the thing that i like doing when it's not for work which did i see you guys doing a shoot over at treasure island we were. with people yeah. so you're gonna have something around your time here totally oh yeah. cool i think we're gonna Before do a, a video pro uh, this is totally subject to change but we'll probably do a video from ventura to getting here to san francisco yeah and then the way we kind of want to get into doing our videos is doing it almost anchorage by anchorage so like right. we have a we have a whole entire segment on clipper cove or treasure island so like yeah. a video cruising guide yeah basically yeah and we you know that's the thing is that we want to make sure that it applies to sailors and non-sailors because 
whatever we produce, we want to make sure it's helpful. We don't want to get famous off of YouTube or anything, but we just want to make sure whatever we put out there is helpful. So, and I know our generation is a video-based generation. So, yeah. uh, like we have tons of cruising guides, but I would be lying to say I would rather just not look, click on a video and watch it to see what to hit and what not to hit or, you know, what to do. I mean, obviously, that's what I do for projects and things like that, right? Yeah, you want to totally. figure out how to fix something. Go to plug YouTube, it on, so on youtube so, yeah. it makes sense in terms of like here's here's how you get in here's where it's sold recently here's you know where you can that go would be ashore. very helpful to know yeah. especially here in the bay <laughs> although you don't want always want to have to have internet access to be clicking on your True. phone while you're yeah. trying to <laughs> go through which brings oh up gosh. another question because as soon as i stepped aboard i saw the starlink antenna and I've been fascinated by this. And we had a really brief conversation about this before. I want to get your guys' feelings about it. As a writer, because I'm also a writer, I've been trying to put all of my thoughts behind Starlink and the good and the bad and try to just, you know, weigh it out and see how we feel. I think it's great. It actually really helped us on our passage because our AIS system, <laughs> go figure, decided to not work during the passage. Mm -hmm. So we could access that through our phones because there's an app online marinetraffic.com or something like that so we were able to get ais through our phone through starlink so that was really cool just an added thing the biggest thing was getting weather like at any mm -hmm. moment you wanted and especially when we were headed up the coast it was changing on like an hour almost an hourly basis so that was awesome just to a not to have to bother your f friends or family whoever is usually watching the weather for you you can just look at it yourself on top of that like you get the, you get the added benefit of having incredibly fast internet to do whatever yeah. else you want to watch like if it's yeah. watch videos so or it's a great tool i'm assuming you guys don't have uh, a hammer ssb we have an ssb you do yeah. okay yeah do you but, use uh, that i have for... i'm gonna i'll be lying to tell you if i knew how to use it properly yeah. so i needed i have my license i have completely rebuilt the damn thing to like make it work right don't know how to use it so right. i need to spend like a week uh, so when i went cruising <laughs> 20 years ago now I'm dating <laughs> myself but you know that's how I emailed it was yeah. through the ham and checked in on weather and routing and all was through the ham but you know honestly I don't know whether I'm gonna reinstall insulated backstage it's a lot of work get it going. and a lot of money yeah yeah and at the end of the day like it's cheaper now to do the Starlink so and and you get again you get a lot of other stuff for it we're, we're video content creators now so being able to not have to scour for a cafe to find crappy internet is great in my work and marissa's work obviously she's yeah. a social media marketer so she yeah. has to yeah. do that kind of digital marketer social media is a tiny piece <laughs> of it Sorry. we're learning all about my business this is the first time chris has actually been able to pay attention to what i do because so. i'm not head first in the boat exactly constantly. yeah it's been pretty what? funny so he's like wow you're really busy like you never used to be this busy i'm like no i've been this busy you just haven't <laughs> you're just been not as busy that's <laughs> <laughs> true so has that changed other dynamic other aspects yeah. of your relationship or no, it's it's i mean just this week alone has been like a learning curve for you're me. gonna have to actually spend time with each other know, when you're cruising i know <laughs> i'm gonna have to start breaking some things real quick here don't do that it's not <laughs> worth it no it's been it's been good i i uh i need to i need to fill my time with things and i have not been motivated to fix things on the boat because there are constantly things i should sure. be doing but i haven't wanted to do it so yeah. i i probably get back into that this this week i should because we need to measure for a new mainsail. We're going to be getting in something new for our main because the one that we have took a giant hole. I put a hole through it when we were kind of up the coast. So <laughs> that, was, that was fun. I put a um, hole in it, yeah. So that needs to be changed. And there's a lot of other stuff. So yeah. So yeah, the Starlink, though, just to end that topic, is that it's great. It allows Marissa to keep working 
it allows me to be able to contact people probably that I could work through, mm-hmm. um, whether is they, um, you know, it's, it's awesome to be able to get weather at any moment you want contact friends, family. It's awesome. And it is just as good as like when we came up the coast, it literally never, like I had it plugged in since we left Ventura and it never dropped once. Like, and that's, I mean, we were at times like around conception, it was 10 to 12 foot seas every six seconds. Like it was not, like the boat was moving a lot. You know what I mean? And it wow. was just constantly good. So that's, it's really impressive. great. Yeah. If you don't mind me asking, how much is it? For it's $600 for the hardware. Okay. And then to get the quote unquote RV version, yeah. which just means you can roam with it. It's $130 a month. So that's amazing. And that we, amazing. and especially when we go to Mexico, like I'm killing my phone. So it's it's literally almost on par with you know a phone subscription. Yeah. So, anyways, it's cool. Yeah. I was just gonna say it's a tool and a distraction. So we're trying to figure right. out the balance between making it be a useful tool on this boat and not having it distract us from the reason why we went cruising. Yeah. No, totally. I mean, my wife and I say to each other all the time, "Okay, we're gonna we're gonna put down our phones now. We're actually gonna." talk to each other yeah or, you know no. so it'd be easy to do that on the boat too totally know? yeah that's kind of the reason we just did nothing in treasure island for a week is that mm-hmm. it didn't really feel like we left because the boat was so calm and like we had internet still and it's like what changed really yeah, we <laughs> besides yeah no it was anyways so it's good <laughs> gotta get somewhere there are still places where we starlink you can't totally. get access yeah so. gotta start he- yeah. heading more remote places back to the content creation <clears throat> you guys planning to keep that up as you're cruising? What's uh, the yeah. I mean, I, it's a lot of work. It is a lot of work on the video side alone. Um, but Marissa does all of the marketing when it comes to our social media presence. Mm-hmm. I don't do any of that. So I think she's going to keep up as much as she can. She's obviously, obviously writing more than she ever has been. Um, but, yeah, I, I actually think we're going to do a little bit more, hopefully, with, with the video side. Because cool. we explained we want to do like this somewhat, quote, you know, uh, video guide as far as cruisers go and i think i can be creative in that aspect and have fun with it so i think as soon as we get to that point there's also the reason a lot of our videos take forever especially a project ones is that usually the amount of footage that goes behind like our tar dodger video for instance like that is like a six month process that i'm consolidating down into like 20 minutes so it's just so much footage to get down into a tiny amount of you know into a nice concise chunk that someone wants to actually watch. And I think the difference now between that and us cruising is that, you know, we're going to treasure Island for a week and I have the footage from that week and I can just edit that and it's its own little thing. And it's a lot easier to like literally do that in a video yeah. as far as timelines and, and, and just, it makes more concept sense concept. Storyboarding and all of that. Yeah. The story's there. Story's there. You don't have, I don't to have to piecemeal it, it with all yeah. the other things. So yeah, that's true. So that's that true. I think that's a different, but I also don't know too. That speaking of that, we are primarily at this point a project channel, because that's <laughs> what we've done for the last four years. So that's going to be an interesting transition. It'll isn't be it? a transition. Yeah, and we'll see if our people, our subscribers that we currently have like it. And hopefully they do, and but I don't know. Obviously too, like uh, it might also open the door for more people to start watching our stuff. I'm not sure. Marissa really is going to have to start breaking stuff. She is going to yeah. have to start breaking stuff. Yeah, yeah I've already <laughs> Don't I've worry. The list. Um, <laughs> they I break mean, themselves. You just do, start sailing do. them Abs and they break themselves. Done good so far, but I mean, as Chris already mentioned, we have a 
a ripped main, a leaky engine. Uh, I was literally just thinking about that last night. Like in bed, I was I was just going by like room by room in the boat. I'm like, I have to fix something pretty much in every room at this we point. Like not wall, big things, actually. but just there's a thing to fix in almost every room. No, so. speaking of lists, I recently found a list I made 20 years ago when I was uh, uh, refitting uh, Allied Looters 33. Nice. You must have a list from this from your work on this boat over the past four years. Really? I would lie to tell you to say that I did. Um, really, you didn't keep it somewhere. I like didn't. Your to-do list I kept to it check in my off brain, in your brain. Wow, I know it sounds. Impressed. Oh, it's just psychotic. a lot of stress and psychotic for <laughs> the last four years. I, I think I made oh, like man. a million lists. I made a list almost every week. You know what I mean? On but pieces of paper that then get updated. Yeah, we I have do that a too. book in our nav station from when we first bought the boat, first looking at the boat, and it was like in that list was everything that was already on the boat, like just meticulously, like oh we have this, 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 and this, and this, and this lazarette. It's over here, and then you turn the page, and it's like okay, these are the projects we need to do, and then you turn the page, and then it's blank. And then the rest of the book is blank. And I just found it the other day. I was like, why didn't you keep up on this? And Chris was like, it's all in my head. <laughs> just just working away. I didn't have time to write it down. Now, Chris, you said you lay in bed and I know this feeling well and think of the things in every single room that need doing. And that's how I can spend, uh, I can sp- stay up all night doing that. Yeah. And I have. Um, but what are the things that you look at now on the boat and just have a sense of pride about? Because I've got to be those as well. Yeah. No, there's, there's a lot of the things. Um, I think also, obviously, living on the boat, it's just like it's any living space you're in. Um, when you're on something constantly, you kind of lose that that little sparkle when things are finished. Yeah. And you start living in it. And also, like, on a you boat. You only see the things that are wrong. Yeah. On a boat, yeah. like, that you're living in constantly, that there's wood and varnish everywhere, is that things get messed up quickly. And so I think my eyes go immediately to the, th- like, dent in the floor that wasn't there right. a year ago. and. It's nice to have people on board more than anything because th- those are the times that people are like, wow, look at this. And like, I kind of forget about it. Like, oh, yeah, that is all done and it looks pretty and it's, you know, I have to think about it anymore. So I, I think if anything, it's the things that I'm not thinking about anymore. It sounds a little crappy to say that, but it, I don't think about the things that are done, which is nice. Um, I know, I know, I know exactly what you mean. Yeah. Good to yeah. see it through other people's eyes yeah. on occasion. But like the things that are like inst- uh, coming up the coast, our Dodger was just. I, I get everything every time I went outside because it was raining most of the time we were headed up it was just like oh, I'm so glad that this is done the hard dodger the that hard you dodger. put on yeah, yeah. So we can really see nice. through the glass it's watertight it makes power I mean it, it's not you can go around it and really hold on to it I mean it was that was the MVP of the trip for sure yeah yeah. no so yeah and I think that'll keep paying off totally as you keep going and yeah. as I mean like our stack pack too like there's just thing there's just like cruising things we hadn't had on the boat until we just did it all at once and there are things you take for granted now because they've been kind of in place for a while but as we dingied up to the boat the bulwarks just look gorgeous thanks they really do and that's not a small job no well you guys did a write-up on that Mm -hmm. for cruising world was that um it was in good old boat boat. sorry and no i have to remember latitude 38 i think did a blurb on it and maybe maybe cruising world i'm I know that it's our most popular write-up. Yeah. And even on our website, it's our most popular write-up. I would say that most people would, it's a project that most people would not take on. It's just. <laughs> You're not daunting. wrong. <laughs> if you had to do it again, you might not. I mean, I, pro- I would if I would, but it yeah. was it was big. And every time I see our, like, there's, there's a few of our boats out there. And it's. It, Choily 41s, yeah, he means. There's a, there's a lot of Choily 41s out there, offshores and the Pedricks and all of them. And they all basically have the same problem. Like, 
There's, yeah, there's yeah, kind of hold the deck joint, the hold the deck joint, the tow rail that's failing because they used improper stainless. It's it's an issue on all of the boats. And every time I walk on board one, I'm like, God, I'm glad I don't have to deal with that anymore. Like it is so because it is such a big problem. And we did yeah. it. Pro- I mean, we we could have done it another way, too, of just ripping off the old tow rail and putting another one down. Like that's that is totally what Chris we- wanted to do an aluminum tow rail for a while. But mm-hmm. I didn't like the look of that at mm-hmm. all. So I vetoed that pretty much yeah. immediately. It was pretty expensive, honestly, to do that, too. And and you have again, you have another 200 and something holes in the, in the boat that right. don't necessarily need to be there. So yeah. we took the route of sealing the boat and and spending i would say almost the least amount uh in terms of what other options you could have done in that project so yeah and the process of figuring out that design was pretty cool too chris is a big fan of bristol channel cutters and the parties and lyle hess mm-hmm. as a, I'm looking as a at naval the book behind yep yeah. yep as a naval architect altogether so um he was going through you know his research making his rounds on online trying to find what resources we had and he came across a blog and i forget what type of boat it was it was a Cape Dory 36 that okay. someone had taken um, the tow rail off and done exactly what I did. So, And there was a lot of things that I copied, honestly, because he had done such a banger job on it. Did you do any CAD modeling, or was this no. all just on paper? It was all on paper in my head. The, in the, head. <laughs> I mean, literally, and a lot of it, too, was just I'm a very physical type guy. Like, yeah. a, a lot of the things I didn't know how it was going to work until I just had the materials in the hand. I'm like, okay, that, like... I remember when we were in the boatyard, I didn't really know how the bulwark bases were going to go, but I'm like, let me just try it out. So I bought like a, a chunk of brass that was the right size for like what the bulwark bases were going to turn into. We were originally going to do brass bases. Or I was going to do bronze. bronze. but Bronze I is expensive. Couldn't afford it. Okay. Oh, anyway, we got brass. It's because something I could bend myself. And right. We like went over to the boatyard and found something I like fashioned to bend it over. And like we made the first one prototype and it was like, yep, that works. And like, so I brought that, this piece that we made ourselves to... Uh, a company, yeah, down in LA called Garhauer, and they do all. Oh, they sure. do a lot of blocks. I have Garhauer like blocks. That. Yeah, They're I went great. to them themselves because they had a bender. I was using quarter-inch plates of stainless, four inches wide, and I uh, there's no way I could bend that by right. anything I had. So, brought that to them, and I was like, "Can we do this?" And they're like, "Yeah." And but I had, I had measured every single base is a different angle. So like we and I so it was every they're pairs obviously, but they all were different and all the way across the boat. So in the front, they're like very, it's like a 130 degree angle. When they come to like the middle midship, they're like 90. And by the time they get back to the back again, they're like, you know, I don't know, 95 degrees. So and that's all... because it follows the shear of the boat. Yeah. Which mm. I'm really glad I, I almost didn't do that until like, I, I kind of just thought that that would look weird if it was just a 90 degree angle across the whole boat. And if the big, one of the best things I think about the bulwarks too, is that we, this boat is somewhat of a wet boat because we're very low slung. The bulwarks, when they, especially in the front when they flare out a lot, I mean, they keep the line of the boat, but they flare out. So when a bow or when a weight comes over the bow, it like hits the bulwarks and it like shoots off the side, which is kind of nice. cool. So it doesn't always come back to the cockpit, which is nice. Yeah. Washing the boat is really easy because you don't have to worry about scuppers anymore. It just goes right over the side, which is sweet. Just so if people haven't seen pictures of picture, it, the yeah. bulwarks are a little bit up off the deck because of the brackets. So there's yeah. a space there's underneath. A, there's about, yeah, like or half inch or five eighths of an inch gap the whole length of the boat even though the piece of wood goes from you know about uh, a stern and, and it's bolt. a really old design at the end of the day it's 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 tried and true taken off of wooden boats because they have bulwarks pretty much all of them that come up from the frames and that's what mm-hmm. the actual bulwarks mounted to is the frames which is cool so that's very cool yeah no we really enjoy it so but it's, it's a it's a good uh and another thing too like we we could have uh it's a very 
practical thing on our boat, the bulwarks, because we tie things to them. And whenever we raft up to someone, like that's the first thing we're tying their lines to or like hitting against. So it's a structural part of our boat now. And we didn't want to varnish it. So that's I was going to ask that in terms of tying. Do you put anything on it? Do you ever put blocks on it? Or I, is it? So we, uh, for our, our spinnaker, we tie a, like the block that I use is just a snatch block that goes to the back um, hauser. Um, but it comes to fenders, like I'm tying fenders to it constantly. And it's just, it's very utilitarian. Our boarding ladder is tied our to it. Our boarding ladder. So, and it would have looked gorgeous varnished, but I knew that it would have like the first that's time. That's so funny you say that. I have a cap rail that's teak. And my mother varnished the, my boat is, was my parents' boat, and my mother varnished it every year. And she keeps saying to me, "Just let it go, <laughs> let it go natural." And my father says, "No, you gotta <laughs> varnish that. It's gotta look gorgeous." Yeah. So there's a family fight there. Yeah, there's two schools of thought. That's for sure. Um, Chris is starting to get in the in the ladder of just let it go. Just every pretty much everything. No, that's not true because I guess our cap rail is everything, varnished. Yeah. Everything besides our bulwark is varnished. So, but, but that is like even our and our grates. Our grates are not varnished. Yeah. Well, well right now it's got this beautiful deep color. You said it's, it's oiled. It's right. oiled. Okay. Yeah. I would say it's that that dark. Anyways, it, the type of wood is called kumaru. It's a it's a Brazilian teak. That's so if you can just keep it oiled and it keeps that color. It's great, and the oil lasts about six months. Well, we've been talking for a while now, but before we wrap this up, I want to ask you guys where else you're going to planning to hit here in san francisco bay before you head south again i think to, so right now in richardson bay we're going to head over to aquatic park tomorrow um and then we're going to hang out marissa really wants to go see alcatraz so i've never been yeah i really want to go no it's and there's cool. ghosts there and i'm all about it so yeah it's on the bucket do it. list do it so we're going to do that and i think aquatic park's a really easy place to be because the ferry's right there yeah so um we'll we'll be there watch prop- out for the swimmers i've heard that yeah. yeah and then i've also heard that the um Getting to shore might be a chore because it's a public beach. It is. It is. And um, I actually tried to do an interview there with some folks who were anchored out and they brought their dinghy up. And somebody tried to steal their dinghy while we were sitting there on the beach. Yeah, I've heard that. So just 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 keep a watch out. It's It's a very populated area. Yeah. So, yeah, just keep an eye out. Yes, and I've also heard it can be really, um, it can, the tides can be pretty strong in there. So you might be flipping around a lot. So I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll at least spend a day there and see if it's great. If it's great, we'll spend. That was the advice of a friend was to spend a whole tide tide change there, yeah. tide cycle. There we go. To spend a whole tide cycle there just to be sure, like, okay, we're really actually set here and get the flow of things. Which is smart. I think in any anchors before you leave the boat for an extended period of time, like that was Brian Klein's advice is that you should just see where the boat's going, what it's going to do in the first 24 hours. Yeah. If it seems like you're totally solid, then you should be fine. Um, but yeah, so we'll do that. And then after that, we're going to be here during fleet week, which is that. So it's next weekend. Yeah. We actually got a, uh, a slip at uh, Berkeley, Berkeley Yacht Club, and we're going to have some family visit us. So it was good to get a slip because we can have parking and stuff like that and easy on and off from shore. And then at that point, I think we're going to probably start heading back to the gate. So we'll go sp- spend some time in Horseshoe Cove. Nice. Um, and then after that, I everyone's telling us that we shouldn't skip it. And I don't think we should either. But um, Drake's Bay sounds really awesome. Drake's Bay and then heading south again. Um, if the Farallons are, if the weather's good enough for the Farallons, I'd love to spend a day, maybe a night. I don't know how that works, but spend some time there. 
don't think it's like the Channel Islands where you can tuck in. Sure. Yeah. But um, really cool Fair to weather see. Anchorage. Yeah, 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 for sure. But yeah, I, saying, I think we should definitely see that if we can. Um, and if not, we'll keep heading south. Maybe do Hackman Bay, but definitely around the uh, the corner, get into the Monterey Bay mm-hmm. and spend time in Santa Cruz. But but that's about it in terms of San Francisco Bay. Well, we'll be following all the uh, videos you make of the anchorages. That's very cool. Before we wrap up, is there anything that you guys want to mention that we haven't talked about? I don't know. We've talked about a lot. A lot yeah. has changed since last time we chatted. It has. I think that we did a good job covering it all. But if we miss something, people can always find uh, what we missed on our website on www.svavaset.com, where you can see our latest blog posts, publications, and, of course, YouTube videos. It is so cool to see you guys here and cruising after talking and watching the projects and hearing about the projects and seeing it come to fruition so congratulations thank you we're very excited as you just heard chris is a videographer and marissa is a writer so their youtube videos are gorgeous and well scripted their latest video posted about a week ago is all about their time here in San Francisco Bay, specifically Treasure Island, and they have more to come on San Francisco Bay. So check that out by searching Sailing Avocet on YouTube or by visiting their website, svavocet.com. I'm Ben Shaw, host and producer of the show. Thanks as always for listening. You can reach me on Instagram at outthegatesailing or email me at outthegatesailing at gmail.com. And until next time, smooth sailing.